Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, welcome to Talking Sense, a podcast with me, Dr. Marta. Every week, I answer one of your real-life questions, offering you some psychological insights as well as suggestions and ideas to guide you. Before we start, I like to do a little check-in, just to get you in the right frame of mind before you listen to this podcast. Today, I just want you to try and focus on something that you can see in front of you and zone in. This might just be the ground and ask yourself, what color is it? What texture is it? What is it like to feel it or be on it? Our brains are really good at zoning into something and allowing our breath to just find a place of stillness. And in this moment, let's begin. Today's question is about times when children get silly on purpose. Why do they do it and what's going on? Let's have a listen. Hi Dr. Marta, my question to you is, is it normal or how should you react when your little one, he is three and a half years old now, acts silly on purpose when he's in an unfamiliar surrounding or he's a little bit nervous? For example, if he's playing football with older boys, he will purposefully spin around and fall over. And I'm just wondering, yeah, like what is the reason behind this? So thank you. I think as a parent of a three and a half year old, I can very, very much relate to this question. And I know that I'm not alone. I know that this is really common, that often what you witness is your child doing things that feel really at odds with the situation. And yes, it looks really purposeful. They're being really silly. What's going on? And what you may have noticed is that this does tend to happen in unfamiliar surroundings or times when they're really looking forward to doing something or like in this case where there's a power differential, okay? This child is a little bit younger than the older boys and there might be a sense of overwhelm or of wanting to socialize and not really knowing how. So I'm gonna reframe this for you. When children get silly in this way, you need to see this as excitement. And yes, we often think of excitement as a really positive emotion, something that is synonymous with fun. And excitement can also feel quite scary. There's a part of excitement that is about overstimulation. And that part can be tied to anxiety or, you know, nervous butterflies, or just that sense of, I don't really know what to do in this space. And because children's emotions really flood their entire bodies, what you then see is something that looks like really silly behavior and often out of context behavior. So it can really help to differentiate things that are fun and enjoyable for your child and they're exciting, but they're able to kind of cope with what is required of them and situations that are so exciting that it might derail them into what I think of as like a scary excitement, a nervous excitement. They're really looking forward to something, but there's a sign of 
overwhelm, overstimulation also happening. And what I know from my work and also from kind of my experience as a mum is that things like holidays, summer holidays, Christmas, any kind of like big event like that can bring up this kind of scary excitement. Other things that are really common are parties. So other children's parties and especially your child's party, their birthday can be a source of this kind of excitement that derails into silliness or overwhelm. Um, And other things might be entertainment. So sensory entertainment that includes lots of music or lots of bright visuals, um, lots and lots of people around. So it could be a fairground, it could be just the park when it's a really busy park. And what you might see is exactly as the person who shared this question with us today, something where your child kind of throws themselves on the floor or does like silly behavior or sometimes they start talking like little babies so that it looks like they've regressed and they've got a little bit younger when this happens if you're able to see it as dysregulation it's going to help you respond in a more useful helpful way because often what happens is as adults when we see our child be purposefully silly what do we do we try and stop it we try and say to them hey that's not okay. What are you doing? It's confusing to us. It might be embarrassing to us. And therefore, what we try and do is just shut that down. Now, if you've been in my community for a while and you've listened to a few of these podcasts, you will know that shutting down emotion doesn't help children. And in many cases, all it does is make that emotion explode into something wilder, which can happen with overexcitement. Children can have meltdowns because the sensory overstimulation means that they just lose it. So then what it might look like is hitting or screaming or crying or just like rolling on the floor, banging. And it might be even more confusing for you as an adult that you're like, what just happened there? They were silly one minute and now they're crying. What's happening? They're dysregulated, okay? Excitement can feel really uncomfortable in little ones' bodies because their brain has no way of buffering it. So what is the thing to do? There's a few steps and I'm gonna guide you through them. I'm also going to try and offer you some playful ideas to practice and support your child in developing a buffer for their impulse. But I want you to know that the best buffer for a child's impulse when they're in the early years is you. You are their buffer. You are their calm and you are the thing that's going to be able to kind of pull their impulsivity in and slow it down. Children can't do this on their own and they can't do it just with our words. They sometimes need us to cue them in to help their brain slow down and it sometimes includes physically cueing, which means gentle touching or you know coming quite close giving eye contact supporting your child to find their grounding through you okay it is a form of co-regulation because you're doing this with your child and you're supporting their brain to associate calm and slowing down with being in that moment because one of the things that happens when we see silly but excited behavior like this is that we rush in and we join our child in that kind of silly atmosphere. So we talk louder and we talk quicker. And one of the first steps is for you to slow down. The way that you approach your child, the way that you hold your body, your tone of voice 
is going to impact on whether your child feels like this is a moment where they're on the go, so they're go, 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 silliness, or slow, slow, slow. And I know that might feel really hard at the moment, particularly if what you feel is embarrassment in a public space. And I wanna tell you that you're not strange. It can be really embarrassing when your child does something like this. So just remember, your child's behavior is not a reflection of you. It is not a reflection of your parenting. It is not a sign that you're getting it wrong. And all the judgment that you perceive around you, those people don't know you. Those people, they don't need to influence the choices that you make with your child in this moment. Because when your child is being silly in this dysregulated way, you need to see their behavior as a symptom of how they're feeling. It's about your child. It's always about them. It is not about us. So the best thing that we can do is control the way that we meet that overexcitement to find a calmer space because we don't want to shut them down completely, okay? Excitement is good. So we want to help our kids feel like having fun is a wonderful thing and they can get silly, but sometimes you just need to pull them out of escalating into a meltdown or a really dysregulated stage. So here are three steps to guide you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So the three stages, as I like to think of it, is first of all, recognize times when your child is getting overexcited. The second stage is reading your child's cues. So you need to make sense of when you see the excitement, whether this is at a level that is manageable for your child or whether you might need to intervene so that you can do so in a timely way before it's too far gone. And thirdly, how do you respond in the moment? So I'm gonna walk you through those three steps, little by little, um, to hopefully give you a sense of what this looks like. The recognizing is the easiest. And if you've witnessed your child be silly before, you will already have a small short list of events and occasions when you think this will make my child excited and they are likely to get overexcited. So a really useful exercise outside of a moment like that is for you to write this down. And I know sometimes as psychologists, we say that to people, take a pen and paper, write these lists down, and it can feel like boring and 
ugh, why am I doing this? I get it. It sounds like an extra task in your day, but trust me, when you are really consciously aware of occasions that trigger your child, you put them on paper. So they're not just in your mind somewhere like abstract, they're somewhere concrete because what you've done is actually thought them through. It's gonna help you prepare. And that is a really helpful stage. This is something not to be missed because when we preempt these situations, we show up as parents with a better toolkit. Like our toolkit is not just thrown in our bag with bits everywhere, so then you're like rummaging through going, what is that thing I'm supposed to do when my child gets overexcited? I can't remember what that psychologist said. What you do instead is your toolkit is like really well organized. So all you have to do is open it and take the tool that you need out of it and feel really empowered and confident that you can manage this situation because you're ready you're preparing that it might happen. Okay, another example of what this might be like might be, you know, knowing that it's gonna rain today. And so you pack your umbrella because you're ready. You're kind of protected, okay? And this is what we're doing. We're protecting our kids, not from excitement, okay? But from this like dysregulated state that can come from excitement. And when we prepare ourselves for it, it also shrinks our anxiety. Because when we're not feeling anxious about, oh God, they might kick off again. When we're actually like, hey, I know this this can be hard for my child. I know this kind of situation or environment is something that in the past has led them to get quite silly. You can get in the right frame of mind to do something different. So that might sound like saying, okay, so I know that I'm gonna have to keep an eye on them at the beginning and or even better, recognize it and prepare your child for it. Because when you're prepared and ready, you can prepare your child. So writing a list is not just a random task. It is a way of getting our brain to really zone in on a topic and it actually consciously then is easier for you to remember. Even just writing this list might let you think from now until the end of the year about occasions when this might be useful for you. And you know, this podcast is coming out in October. I know that some of you might not be listening to this in October, but at the time of this podcast, there is Halloween coming up. There will obviously be kids' birthdays coming up. And there is, of course, the Christmas holiday period. Lots of lights, lots of noise, often presents, and excitement, excitement all round. So this can be a really helpful time to pause and reflect on what days in your calendar in the future might it be useful to stop and think about preparing your child for excitement that might become overstimulating. So I'm serious, take a moment, write a list, do it on your phone, you know, on your notes on your phone, I don't care, just make sure that you do it because this is sounds like a silly step, but actually is a really helpful one. So then what you can do is start to think about reading your child's cues. How does your child respond in these moments where excitement becomes overstimulation? So some children are overstimulated. It's like a sensory thing, okay? So they get caught up in it, or they laugh out louder than they should, or would normally, or, um, 
they do things like in this example, which is like they spin around. Okay, overstimulation is often a sign of anxiety as well. So you need to see this as a nervous excitement. And that might mean that the response that you put into this might be a way of pausing something, slowing it down, or offering your child a quiet break. When a child is overstimulated, it often like, it's, it's like rolling down a hill, like it just gets faster and faster and faster. So their overstimulation grows the longer they are in that situation. So sometimes what you need to think or consider is about how to give it, give your child a small pause or a small break. That could be with a signal that you've both agreed, or that could be about planning a five minute kind of sit down on the bench and have a snack, or getting out of a party and just going for a little walk or having a drink in a slightly quieter room where there's less music or the lights aren't so bright. You know, it will depend on the context, but it's about thinking about it as overstimulation. Another type of, you know, reaction that children might have is when they get absorbed. So kind of really absorbed into something. So they just lose perspective, which means they're not looking around at everybody else. You know, everybody else might have stopped the game, but they're still going. When that happens, when you see signs that they're getting really, really absorbed, again, you might need to try and put in like a break. Okay, so a quiet pause or a little check-in. So it might sound like, you're having such a good time. Do you need a break yet? Okay. So it might, this works really well somewhere like a playground or again, even at a birthday party, okay? If you can see it and they're getting really over-absorbed in an activity, it might be about introducing a slack break or a quick pause. And that can be a really helpful way of um, breaking excitement and stimulation from getting too loud, too great. Another thing that you might notice is when your child is getting really fixated about something. This often happens around birthdays or big celebrations like Christmas. So might just keep talking about the presents over and over and over again. When this happens, one of the outcomes is that when the presents show up, a child gets so overwhelmed because they've been having this excitement in their body all day or a couple of days, that then what happens is you witness a meltdown. And it seems really at odds. They were really looking forward to this and now they're grumpy or grouchy or they're crying. And as parents, it can look really, really, really confusing. So a really helpful way of responding is when you see your child get into this overfixated state, one of the best things to do is to offer your child some predictability. So that might look like setting some very clear boundaries of when the presents are gonna get open and what's gonna happen before, what's gonna happen after. So what you wanna do is kind of redirect your child's excitement so that it, there's a balance, okay? It's not just about the presence or it's not just about a particular thing your child is looking forward to doing or somebody they're looking forward to seeing. There is, um, we want to expand our child's kind of emotional capacity a little bit. So we might be able to kind of prepare our child for this, which might be, we're going to have lunch first. And guess what we're gonna have for lunch? Because it's a special lunch today, because it's Christmas. It's gonna be a buffet. What do you think will be in the buffet? So we wanna get our child to kind of feel excited about something else, okay? We wanna kind of redirect this emotion to a slightly different place. 
And then we might say, and then we'll be opening some presents. But you might want to prepare for the fact that your child will be so overexcited that it might all kick off. So you might want to say to your child, I know that you've been looking forward to opening the presents all week. So when the presents show up, maybe you can pass them around because everybody's going to have to open the presents. It won't just be you. We want to get our child to realize, recognize, tone down this overstimulation. And preparation works really well with kids. When we give them a visual, when we give them a kind of template of what it's going to look like, and we give them some things to ground themselves, like first there's lunch and it's a buffet, then it's opening presents and I'm giving you a job, you can pass the presents round. And maybe thirdly, we're going to get cake after the presents. We're going to get some dessert. How exciting is that? What you offer your child is a couple of things that they can hold on to. They can lay their excitement over a more even ground that isn't just on one aspect of the day. Now, even better than in the moment responses, you can also support your child in developing a little bit of impulse control. But you need to remember that you are their buffer, okay? So, Don't expect your child to just be able to buffer their impulses on their own, but you can work on it and you can do this through practice. So we don't want to like squash their enthusiasm and we don't want to stop their bubbliness from coming out, but we might want to just really tone down some of the over excitement. And it's okay for children to be silly sometimes. Like it's absolutely okay. Silly is fun and we sometimes need to join in with our children um, and do silly play and make it like really natural and healthy. But of course there's going to be occasions where this actually goes out of proportion. It doesn't sit well with the context and might actually lead your child to feel overwhelmed. Children learn best through play and stories can be really helpful for children. So I'm going to offer you two ideas to support your child through play at times when there is no excitement to learn how to tone it down. Okay, we don't want to stop the fun. We don't want to kind of squash their bubbly energy. What we want to do is just show them that there is a way of dialing down excitement, both in its loudness, okay, vocal tone, but also the way that we move or the way that we use our bodies, that we can actually bring fun to a manageable level. And, you know, this this is making me sound right now like I'm telling you to make your child really boring. And that's not what I'm trying to do here. I hope this is making sense. This is about times where the excitement escalates out of proportion. At other times, of course, just let your child be. Children need to be able to run around and express themselves and get loud, but this needs to be in an environment which makes sense and that feels comfortable to you and comfortable to your child. Otherwise, it can turn into a meltdown, but it can also have like a social impact where other children won't want to socialize with a child who is so over the top that it feels scary. So that's why I call it scary excitement because actually when you witness it, it can look totally out of control and a little bit wild. So that's what we're going for here, okay? Toning that down, not the fun. We're not making our children boring, okay? That is definitely not one of my aims. Okay, so one really like simple strategy that I've used with my little one, particularly when she was a little younger, is to think of it a bit like a dial, 
And you want to be able to play a game with your child where you like dial them up or you turn them down. A little bit like it's role play, okay? So it's a little bit like twisting a knob on a radio. And you can, if you've got a kind of retro style radio or something, you can show them what that looks like. But otherwise you can act like you have a dial on your chest and you can do it for you. So role model and play it out. So it might be that you like kind of say, hey, did you know that we all have a little dial here? And it's a magical dial. So when we're feeling loads of fun and excitement, sometimes this dial goes up, 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 up. And you might get louder and you might be like, woo! And sometimes when it's getting too much, we can dial it down. Because yay, it can still be really fun, but we can just go a little bit quieter. And you want to show your child what this looks like by your vocal tone, by your facial expressions, by the way you move your body. So when you dial up, you might move your arms and your legs and you might, you know, jump around. Make it silly. Make it fun. Because as soon as you do that, children will be like, do me, do me, do me. And then you go, okay, I'm going to check. Do you have a dial? So I used to kind of pat my daughter's chest and be like, oh, I don't know if I can find your dial. And she would always find it somewhere close to her belly button which is fine, you know, that's her dial. Okay, does this feel comfortable? Yep, I'm gonna twist it up. And she would get silly and louder. And it was hilarious. And then I would say, oh, we're gonna dial that down a little bit. Dial it down, dial it down. Takes loads of practice, okay? And it's like a silly game. And every now and again, even at home, when she used to kind of get really loud and excited, I would be like, oh, oh, I think it's time to dial it down. Now listen to my voice. And I am exaggerating it here for you all. But this is the kind of thing that I want you to do, okay? When you dial it up, you want to go up with your voice. So you are going to get a little bit louder. And when you dial it down, you want to go slow, okay? And you want to show with your vocal tone what dialing it down sounds like. And I am exaggerating it, okay? When I do it more like naturally with my daughter, it just comes. But it's about us also modeling this slowing down, quietening down. If you do this through role play and in a playful way, at those times of over excitement, in a public space, in a park, in a party, you can still use the dial. With some children, it can be enough to just get some eye contact and you use your dial and dial it down on your chest for your child to do it on them. So my little one used to do it on her tummy and she would try and dial it down. And we also kind of planned something where she would come to me. You know, she would come to us when she, when I gave her that signal of the dial, that she would sometimes come to me and she would have a break. And she, if she was so far gone in excitement that she couldn't do that, I would go to her. I would give her some gentle touch. I would try and give her some eye contact because eye contact is very regulating if your child is able to accept it. For some children, it's not gonna work. So don't force your child to look at you. Just try and catch their eye. It's not about saying, look at my eyes. It's just about trying to get them, you know, get their eye connected to yours. And then I would either use the dial or I would talk very softly and say, I think it's time to have a snack or I think it's time for a little break. And sometimes she wouldn't like it and she would have a meltdown. And what do we do then? We help our children, okay? We, as parents, we need to sit in our kind of confidence that we know once we are, like before with your list, you know this might be a trigger situation, you can notice the signs in your child that it is escalating, 
you can intervene. You're not being mean by bringing down excitement. You're actually supporting your child to regulate and you're developing skills to support um, a buffering of impulsivity, okay? This is helpful. This is not getting in the way of your child being your child. This is supportive of them. And sometimes it might mean you have to take them by the hand and they will have a meltdown and then you just help them regulate, okay? You just do the same steps that you would do normally. Another strategy that I'm going to try and fit in today for you, which works with slightly older children because they need to have this concept a little bit, but it's also tied to a really nice book that's called Go, Go, Stop. And it's got little cars and little trucks. And basically it's a traffic light system. And you can use a traffic light system without the book, but the book is a really sweet kind of um, complimentary thing if you're into this. And I will add a link to the book so you can have a look at it if it's something that you think you might be interested in. But the idea of like a red light, which is stop, a yellow light, which might be breathe or take a break, right? Calm before the green light, which is go, go, go. And one of the things that's quite sweet in the book and that might be useful for you to use, whether you read the story as not or not, is the idea of saying, do you think sometimes you have too much go? And in the story, the idea is that the cars just go, 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 and it becomes absolute chaos until the red light shows up and says, stop! And then the yellow light needs to show up to say slow so that the cars are moving in a slow way but still going. Otherwise, if they're all going, 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 they crash and it's absolute chaos and the stop actually is too quick and too sudden and it leads to accidents. So it's quite a sweet book about, you know, the power of going, slowing down and stopping when you need to. So it can be really helpful for your child to have this concept of, there might be times when there's too much go and what they need to do is slow. Take a break, take a few breaths, you know, ground themselves in a moment because they're going too much. So sometimes what they have to do is stop and slow before they can go. And you can use this idea of the traffic light system to also help your child consider how they are in their body. So is it a go moment or is it a stop moment or is it like they just need to slow down right now? So it can be really helpful. So the way that I use this with my child is I'll tell her that we're going to a party and I'll say to her, I can see that you're ready all go and she'll be really excited, be like, yeah! And I'll say, what happens when you need to slow? And she'll say, I will stop and I will slow down. And she does kind of play it out. And in the moment, of course, she's not able to follow these cues, but she is able to follow me. So she can't follow the internal cues, but she is able to follow me. So if I go to her and I say, hey, do you think this is too much go, go, go? She will sometimes say to me, no, I'm having a great time. And I might say to her, okay, but have a think about whether you need to slow. And just that conversation can make a child slow down because you have slowed them down. But this is the difference between saying to your child, stop being silly or don't do that. Look, everybody's watching you. It's really embarrassing, which will bring shame to your child. Because when we intervene in a way that says, hey, what you're doing is wrong, our child 
can often get more dysregulated, okay? Instead, by intervening in a way that is very neutral, that is just saying, hey, are you having a lot of go, go, go? And your child's saying, no, I'm having a great time. They've already started to slow down. Children learn best through playfulness and repetition. They don't have a buffer for impulsivity, but they have you and you are their best buffer. So just remember, recognize the times when your child might get into this overexcited state and don't belittle the fact that preparing for it is going to help you as well as them. Read the cues of your child. And if you've already started to implement some games or role play, Learn how you can respond to them in that moment. You can also prepare your child for this before you go out so you know that you're going to be thinking about the dial and or the traffic light, okay? Think of this as self-regulation. This is not kind of stopping children from being children or getting in the way of their fun. This is about supporting them in times of overwhelm, of overexcitement, of scary excitement, and it helps children because children don't like to be in those states. They're not comfortable places to go to. They want to feel safe and this will bring them safety. With your calm, playful guidance, you can get there. And we're coming to an end. I always like to give you a little mantra to hold you for the rest of the week. And this week, given what we've talked about, it is, I slow down and I listen. I hope you have a restful week. And I so look forward to another Talking Sense with you next week. Until then, see you soon. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.